0: We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you.
1: This reading is taken from 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 17. But mark this there will be terrible times in the last days. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as James and Jambres oppose Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions and sufferings. What kind of things happen to me in Antioch? Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, whereas evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and you have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you so much, Lydia. So we are very excited to have Freddie join us now to share what he chose this passage and share what he wants to bring us from
2: this passage and the themes. So thank you so much, Freddie. Can I pray for you first? Is that okay? That's That's great. Yes. Lord, fill my brother Freddie with your Holy Spirit. Speak through him and use him as a mouthpiece to say whatever you want to say to all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good evening. Oh, that wasn't bad. Uh, Usually, I get a little bit bigger response than that. Let's try it again. Good evening. evening. Oh, that's better. Okay, I just thought you were there. Uh, Lydia, where are you? Yes, thank you for reading that. When you read that, I thought, am I going to preach from there? Wow, that sounds interesting. Uh, Before I start, I just want to say that thank you for inviting me Back here again. I thought after the last time you'd get rid of me, but I'm still here. I'm, I'm amazed at what is happening in this place, and I hope you do appreciate it. Uh, the, the worship is awesome. The organization is fantastic, and the building's pretty nice, too. So there you go. Uh, I want to share something with you that uh, I've been considering for quite a while. In fact, uh, to be honest with you, what I'm going to share with you is a little bit of a tidbit of a series that I'm doing right now. On the last days, and uh, before I get started, I, I want you to know uh, that uh, the reason why I'm doing this is it's really a twofold thing. One is because of the days that we're in, uh, so that you're not surprised when the things happen that happen, and the other is so you don't become what the world is trying to to mold you in. So I'm going to see if I can get this to work. Are you up now? Are we on the screen? Yeah? Ta-da! Ha! Here we are. You can see. Okay, that's good. All right. Let me go backwards. Yeah? Let's see. Yeah. How am I doing? Am I pointing the right way? Okay, good. I think most of us would agree that we're living in difficult times. Is that true? By the way, can I move? Is that all right? I can move around, okay? Some, you know, some people get stuck to the pulpit, you know? They can't go anywhere, but I like to move. I'm not going to come into the audience, I promise you that, okay? But uh, I think most people agree that that we're living in difficult times. I just want to point out a few things that I, I think are fairly obvious. Um, some of the things that we're facing right now are obviously economic pressures, aren't they? And you can't turn on the news without hearing about the fact that... Uh, Things are going up uh, and up and up and up and up and uh, gas prices and on and on and on and on. Uh, We're hearing of wars, aren't we? Uh, Who would have thought that we'd be in another war in Europe? And who knows where it's going? Uh, And I think a lot of people are troubled by these things. Global climate considerations. I know that a lot of people have different opinions on these things. But I will say one thing that I think we as believers must understand, and that is that God is in control. In case you didn't know it, God actually made the earth, uh, and He's the one that decided how far the ocean would go and then stop. He's the one that has the treasury of the snow, the Bible says. Yes, He does. Uh, he controls fire and wind and hail. Uh, And it does amaze me how that uh, creation does have a way of speaking to us, and God has used it quite often. Uh, I come from California, and Southern California is earthquake country. Uh, Most of you have never experienced anything like that. In 1972, when I was a kid, we had an earthquake that was 6.5 on the Richter scale, something like that, Uh, and uh, it lasted for 55 seconds. Uh, I was in my bed, uh, and I closed my. I looked up, and everything was moving. And earthquakes are really strange because when they start moving, you lose your sense of balance because everything is moving. Usually, the ground is stable when things are moving. So I'm in my bed, and I'm thinking, "Wow, what a strange dream!" And then uh, all of a sudden, I closed my eyes. and like, said, "Wait, this is real!" And opened my eyes, and was over. So I went downstairs, and uh, my dad was downstairs. And I said, Dad, was that an earthquake? He said, yeah. And I said, "Uh, so what are you doing down here? And he said, I just paid $350 on this china cabinet. I want to make sure it didn't break. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you know what a china cabinet is. It's one of these things that keeps uh, your special plates. And I thought, you know, you, you didn't go after your special children, your special wife, you went after your special place. But anyway, right? it's amazing what, things, what happens when climate things. Uh, there's a battle right now uh, for the sexist, and you can talk about all kinds of things. I'm not going to even touch this because as soon as you start touching it, you get in trouble. And I certainly don't want to get in trouble. Uh, but there's certainly, uh, this is something in the news all the time. There's a battle for the minds of our children right now. Uh, there may come a time when you may have to go to your school and say, I don't want them to teach this. And you could get in trouble for some of those things. Um, And then we've all heard of racism, haven't we? Uh, There's a a lot of things in my community. Where I was grown up and, and grew up, I lived in a completely black community. Uh, there were basically no other racists other than black people in my community. And I'm kind of glad for that because if, if, can I be honest with you for a minute? In our community back in the 70s, there was this big thing about the man, if I can be so straight, meaning the white man, right, is going to get you, basically, right? And so people were all saying, the man is going to get you. Well, in my neighborhood, it was these black guys that were robbing us and doing things to us. So I kind of went, you know, I'm going to deal with the man at the moment. Right now, my brothers are trying to kill me. And that was one of the best things that happened to me because it made me understand that if everybody was the same color, then it would be those of us that had hair versus those of us that were bald. I don't know which one you sit on. Uh, Are there any? I think I'd lose right now. But anyway, this is an issue, isn't it? Uh, Secularism versus Religion, uh, they want to get rid of things in my country. They want to uh, take God off of the the, uh, the money. You know, our, our money says, in God we trust, isn't it? It also has some very occult things on it too. Uh, so is religion doing us any good? Uh, there was a point in, um, uh, in Britain where they were considering whether, whether charity should receive financial aid. You know the uh, gift aid that we get? Because they were saying, is religion charitable? Is it, is it something profitable? So if your church isn't feeding the poor or doing something in sports, maybe we shouldn't give you any money. These are issues that we're dealing with all the time. Now, the Bible speaks about the times that we're in right now as what we call the last days. And I'm going to explain that for just a minute. This is a term that... it it basically means future times. And and it's compared to... There there was in Scripture something called the times of the patriarchs, right? And that was when Abraham and God spoke to Abraham, Moses and people like that. Then you had the time of the judges, uh, Gideon and Samson and people like that. Then... You have the times of the kings, David, Solomon, and so forth and so on. And even the Bible talks about the times of the prophets. Uh, and so when the Bible now talks about the last days, it's talking about the times that we're in now. And, and um, it's really talking about the times of Jesus. This is in the book of Acts, chapter 2, when on the day of Pentecost, when the church was born... And Peter is preaching a sermon, and as he's preaching, he quotes That's In fact, that's why these letters are actually in capitals, because it's a quotation. And this is what it says, and, and it says about the time that they were in right there. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh... And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see vision, your old men shall dream dreams. So this was the, the time that, that at that day. And Peter said, this is this time right now. Then it says in Hebrews chapter 1, and interesting because the book of Hebrews was more than likely written by Paul. Uh, but he doesn't put his normal... Uh, signature on, and I think there are different reasons for that. And this is the very first verse in the book of Hebrews. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways, this is before, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets in those days, then it goes on to say, has in these last days, meaning now, spoken to us by his son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds. So, when we're talking about the last days, we're talking about the times of the Messiah. Or in other words, the times of Jesus. And this is the last era. This is the era that we're living in now. Wait a minute, that's almost 2,000 years. It's a long time. It's a long last, isn't it? Well, that's because God is very patient. Uh, some call it the times of the Gentiles, and that's the age that we're in, and that's what we're talking about, okay? So why am I telling you this? Bear with me, okay? You see, I believe that it's very, very important that we understand the times that we're in. We understand the characteristics of people today, what they're like, and we strive to be different. Because if you don't understand what's going on, it's very easy to get sucked in. And I'm telling you this because I believe that this is something that not only did God give us for our church, but I believe he gave it to us for many. So I submit it to you, okay? Now, Paul, in his letter to Timothy, was writing to this young pastor. And he's telling him what's going to happen, how things are going to go, and what he needs to be. And so this is the passage that we're looking at. This is what we're looking at right now. This is what uh, Lydia read just now. And I'm not going to literally go through all of it, but I just want to share a little bit of what's what's being spoken so that we can understand it, okay? So let's go a little bit further. Um, I, I wrote all of this. As the introduction to the series that I'm doing, I'm currently in sermon number 12 or 8 or something like that or whatever, and I'm trying to deal with all these things. So I want to show you just a little bit of that, and then I want to get to a point. So bear with me for a minute, okay? And is my button working? Yeah, here we go. There we go. All right. I'm going to be at some point talking about these things. I'm not going to do it for you. So if you want to, you can look at our website. I can tell you about that later. But I'm going to talk at some point about false teachers because there's a lot of false doctrine going on. I'm also going to talk about scoffers at some point, not tonight. Also, the Bible talks about deceiving spirits. Not very nice, is it? And then it talks about doctrines that are taught by demons. Yes, there are. Wow. Oh, this sounds like a really encouraging message, huh? You know, we're going to leave here just so happy and so forth. These are the characteristics that Paul points out. And I'm just going to go through them very quickly. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then it goes on to say, men shall be lovers of themselves. I will say this, that the very first thing he says is about selfishness. And all the rest of them are results of this one. So he says, men will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boasters. They'll be proud. They'll be blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That sounds interesting, huh? And then you have the four uns. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. Brutal. Does this sound like our neighborhood? Maybe it is. Despisers of good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this one, this next one amazes me, if I can get to work. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. I'm amazed at how many people in public life, particularly in my country, are all saying, God bless me, and I just thank God. Uh, Some of the rappers, you know, I just thank God for giving me the ability to use this foul language and degrade women as I receive this Oscar. uh, You know, there's something a little bit strange to me about that. Everybody wants to say, God bless you, or uh, I'm blessed, and things like that, but are denying the power to change them. This is some of the stuff that's going on. I'm just going to skip this a little bit. Going? Yep. Perilous times. That word literally translates as difficult. Hard to bear. In other words, these are all ways that are translated. Troublesome times. Dangerous times. One translation says furious times. Fierce times. Times that are hard to bear. These are the times that we're in. And brethren, I have to tell you, I have to be honest... I don't think it's going to get better. I'm just being honest. And yet I think it does. Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Uh, as a young man, I, I did not have a church like this one. Uh, to, the music that we had was not very good, okay? I, I, in fact, I, I went to church as a kid for many, many years. I loved Sunday school. But I didn't like the church service. Uh, I used to get wall-to-wall perfume. You know, you have a lady in the front and a lady in the back and two on the side. I didn't like that very much. We used to have... I went to Victory Baptist Church. How about that, huh? It was an all-black Baptist church, right? Which is a little different from your Baptist church. You could call it Baptist with zing. Do you you know what I mean? And I can remember a, a little old lady that used to come in, right? and they'd sit her down. It would take her five minutes to sit down. Right here, right here, sister. Yes, 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 yes. And she'd sit down. The preacher would get up in his robe and scream for half an hour. And after about half an hour, she'd go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she was jumping off. And then four ushers would have to drag this lady down, which she could barely get in the seat. And they used to say, man, she done got the Holy Ghost. And I was like, okay, I don't want that. Right. That was what church was like to me. Right. I like good music. I'm being honest. I do. And you guys, you guys are good. Right. When we were growing up, we used to have this lady. She used to sing a song called. Can you get a prayer through? Can you get a prayer through? That was number one. They played. Can you get a prayer through for about seven weeks in a row? It was number one on the on the charts. You guys are better, right? I came here, uh, the last time I came here, you had all of these things going on for young people. We didn't have that kind of stuff when we were younger. So in a sense, grace is abounding. There are things that are getting better for us. We can now, you know what you can do right now? As I quote the scriptures to you, and I say the Greek says that you can go on your phone and look and see if the Greek actually says what I said it says. Right now. And at the end of the service, you can say, son, you were lying. That's not what the Greeks say. You can actually do this. So in a sense, things are better. But in a sense, the world is getting worse because we're getting close to the end of the end. Now, aren't you encouraged by that? Let me just go home, right? (laughs) No. Why am I telling you this? Why am I saying this? Because no matter what the situation is, No matter how difficult things get, Jesus is still in control. And he gives us the ability to overcome. I want to focus on this passage of scripture. This is Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. And Jesus said a very profound thing, a very interesting thing. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden do you ever feel heavy does this stuff bother you do you worry about your children when they talk about the gas bills and the electric bills going up do you think sometimes i don't know how i'm going to deal with this and 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 it's interesting because no matter what your circumstances no matter what your situation is you're going to have to learn to trust god anyway uh in the book of revelation there's seven letters to seven churches and every single one of them, he makes a statement. He says, he that overcomes. And then he says, makes some promises. Listen, you can't overcome if there's nothing to get over. You get me? And so Jesus says, you who are heavy laden. And then he says this, I will give you rest. This is an interesting thing. Do you, those of you who read the Bible, right, you might remember that the Bible says that God created the world in six days, right? And then on the seventh day, he rested. Let me ask you a question. Think about this. Do you think God was tired? Do you think, you know, because he spoke everything into existence, you know? He said, let there be light. Let there be a firm. You think God said, oh, I'm so tired. I get hardly, I need a break. Do you think that's what happened? No, it's not. In fact, the Bible teaches us that God never gets tired. He never does. So, if that's the case, then in Genesis, what does it mean when it says that God rested from his labors? What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means he stopped working. It means he stopped working. He wasn't tired. He fulfilled everything and he stopped working. There's there's a verse in Hebrews that says that there is a rest for the people of God. And we have to labor to enter into that rest. So what are we talking about? What is Jesus saying when he says, I will give you rest? Does that mean you're going to stop working? No, that's not what it means. But there's something that we can learn to enter in. There's a rest for the people of God. And that rest is when we stop trying to do it ourselves. When we stop trying to figure it out. When we learn to trust in him. That's the rest that he gives us. Watch this. Here's the next one. He says, take my yoke upon me. Hold on. What in the world is a yoke? What does eggs have to do with it? Is there anything to do with eggs? You know, I'm, that's what I thought. When I first read this, I didn't know what he was talking about. A yoke is this thing that two oxen are connected with, right? It's, a, it's like a piece of wood they would have, and it tied them together to work. Now, most of us are not farmers, but... When you have two oxen together, you have to make sure that they know how to work together. So what they would normally do is they put an experienced one with a rookie, with an amateur one, right? And the experienced one would take the brunt of things and train the other one. Do you understand me? And, and and you know, you have to be careful because if you have an ox that only will move when you use a whip, and then you have another one that's afraid of a whip, you got a problem. You don't use the whip, nothing happens. You use the whip and the other one starts kicking and things like that. So the idea of being yoked together means that you're going to labor together. You've got a task to do. And and, and you have to work. That's why the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You don't want to be tied together when they're going in one direction and you're going in another direction. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, what he's saying is, you've got a job to do, but I'm going to take the weight. I'm going I can handle it. And then he says, and learn from me. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then he says this, for I am gentle and lowly. Meaning I'm not going to push, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to overdrive you. I'm not going to run you into the ground. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Wait a minute. Oxen are working. But you're going to find rest. You know what he's going to do? What he's saying is, I'm going to be carrying it for you. And then look at the next verse. He says, for my yoke is easy. Is there something for me to do? Yes. But what I have you to do, you'll be able to handle it. And my burden is a light one. Wait a minute. All this economic stuff and this battle of this and the Black Lives Matter that and the political crisis and I can't handle this. Well, maybe the reason why I can't handle it is because you never were supposed to handle it in the first place. My kids are going nuts. I don't know what to do with them. And and, and my workplace, they they really hate me. And I try to be a Christian. The more I try to be a Christian, the more I was trying to witness the other day, and they almost put me out of my Maybe, maybe it's because we're trying to do it instead of letting him do it. Because he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's why that verse that says there is a rest for the people of God and we must labor to enter into it, it's hard for us to do that. Let me just mention something about faith, okay? We often talk about faith and people talk about faith as if faith was some kind of magic potion. Throw a little faith on it. And the idea is this, if you just believe, if you just have faith, it's going to happen. That's not true. If I got on the top of this building... And I said, I do not believe in the law of gravity. I do not believe in the law of gravity. I don't. And I believe it. And I really got to a point where I really didn't believe in the law of gravity. Well, I said, here we go. I'm going to prove it. And bam. I'd be hamburger meat, wouldn't I? I would. You see, your faith is only as good as the thing that your faith is in. And so faith and trust is all about the person that you're trusting. So what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to trust what we're used to. We have a tendency to trust what we know. And it takes a lifetime to learn about God. It does. It takes time to experience. and, and, And that's why God allows us to go through stuff. Because when you go through stuff... And sometimes when you get to a point that you can't handle it, you let go because there's no other reason. When you're on the ground, there's only one way to look, and that's up, isn't there? And it's amazing that at those points in your life where it seems like I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do, that's when God shows up the most. That's when God does things that you can't believe. And somebody said, well, why don't we see miracles? We see miracles all the time. But God, the miracle is based on the thing that you need. You remember when Peter was locked up? He needed to get out, didn't he? And so what did he do? God sent an angel, and the angel took the, the stuff off of, his, off of his, you know, the chains off of him. And you know the first thing the angel said to him? Put your shoes on. I mean, if you can take chains off, surely you can go choomp, choomp, and your shoes would be on, didn't you? But Peter could put his shoes on. He couldn't get the chains off. And so God did what he couldn't do. We're seeing miracles all the time. It's just that we often don't credit. We often don't understand what's happening. And so Jesus is trying to say, look, you need to know what's going on. You need to understand what's happening. There's a group of people that followed David. They were the children of Issachar. And the Bible says that they knew the times that they were in and they knew what to do. I got one more passage I want to read to you. This is what Paul said. This is one of those famous ones. This is one of those ones that a lot of people know. He said, no temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to men. Or in other words, what he's saying, there is nothing that you are going through that others have not gone through. Nothing. Well, what about death? What about sickness? What about financial crisis? Paul did not have a problem with his computer, you know. You get me? No, 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 no. There's nothing. There's no type of thing that's happened to you that others have not gone through. He says, but God is faithful. You know what that means? That means you can put your trust in him. He's dependable. You can rely on him. And then this is what he says, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able But God, couldn't you just do it a little bit more? Because he wants you to overcome. You see? How many times, some of you, I'm sure this happened to you at some point. When you felt like you were broke, you had a bill that you need to pay. And it was 49 pounds and 89 pence. And then God sent you exactly 49 pounds and 89 pence. And you, God, couldn't you have at least made it 75? You could have made it a little extra. You you get me? But God gives us just enough to get to the next place, doesn't he? He always does that because the battle strengthens you. I have a problem with my leg right now. Not my right one that's bent, my, my left one. My left leg right now is cramping a little bit. I was, I was teaching yesterday, and I was sitting in one spot, and it started to cramp. You know why my legs are cramping? It's because I've been playing basketball, and I'm an old guy, right? And what happens when you're old, your body doesn't recover so fast. Because guess what happens? When you use your muscles, they break down. And if you've ever done weightlifting, right, you know these guys are doing they're breathing they're doing all that to get the oxygen in their in their in their blood, right? If you've ever done weightlifting, I'll tell you a little secret. Next time you see some guys doing weightlifting, wait till they're finished and shake hands with them. Right? These big guys, you shake hands, they've got no strength in their hands, right? Because their muscles are being torn. The only way that your muscles can improve and get bigger is to tear them. And so my leg is bothering me. Because uh, just a few days ago, I have an apple tree. And I decided that I was 15 again. And I climbed up the apple tree and I pruned it. And I cut all these branches and I did it. And when I was doing that, I was up like this. And then I was doing like this. And then I was doing like this. And I was moving muscles that I hadn't moved in a long time. I didn't notice at first. But you know what happens when you're young? You recover in no time. But when you're old, you recover in three days. The third day is the hardest one. And you don't notice the first day, the second day, or the third day you going ah! That's what happened to me. So my legs are a bit sore. So if you see me do this all of a sudden, right, just get me some salt water and I'll be good, okay? Because my legs are hurting right now. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He pushes you so you can grow. So my leg in a couple of days is going to be stronger than it was a few days ago. But it's hurting right now. And God pushes you. And then it says, but with the temptation, by the way, that word temptation can be with the testing, with the trial, with the thing he's taking through. Because God doesn't tempt anyone with evil. Don't think he's going, oh, here's some dancing, girl. What are you going to do? That's not God. He doesn't do that. But he does put you. Uh, any of you ever gone to school? Any of you been to high school? Yeah. You've been to high school? Yeah. Okay. If you've been to school, you had teachers, right? And they do these things called, what do you call them? Uh, exams. Right? Now, do, why does your teacher give you an exam? To pass. To pass. They've trained you. They've prepared you. They've actually told you the answers before. Because they want you to pass. God pe- puts us through testing Because he wants us to pass. So that's why he says, with the temptation, he'll also make the way so you can get an A+. Oh, excuse me. So you can escape that you may be able to bear it. That's what he does. That's what he does. So what am I saying to you in closing? It's true that we're in the last days. It's true that troublesome times are here and they're coming. But don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus has overcome the world. And so will we through him. And that, and that, and that is a fact. <laughs> is a fact. I, listen, I'm, I'm going to stop right now, okay? Stop looking at the news a little bit, okay? If you watch the news too much, if you watch the news too much, you're going to get scared. Uh, they, I found out something that really surprised me. You know these oil tankers, these big oil tankers, they carry oil? You remember back in the day they used to they'd have an oil slick? Something would happen and oil would start coming out? What they used to try to do is try to suck it all up. And they discovered that that would never work. Do you know what they do now when there's an oil slick? They put something in the oil that causes it to disperse. And so what happens is the oil is still in the ocean, but it goes so far into the ocean that it it doesn't affect anything anymore. That's what we need to do in this world. If you get all this stuff in your mind of this, I just missed a whole bunch of stuff up there. I just touched on a bunch. If if all you hear is what you're hearing in the media and things like that, you are going to be troubled. But if you start listening to these brothers worship God, if you start listening more and more to God's word being preached, if we start listening to the word of God, then what happens is so much of God's word comes that it just causes that garbage that's inside you to be dispersed. So be encouraged. huh? Let me pray for you now, okay? Father, I'm glad that, first of all, that I can just call you Father. Because you're the Lord of heaven and earth, and yet you're my dad. You're our Papa. And sometimes we, can, we come very respectfully, but sometimes we can just sit in your lap too. Because you're that good to us, and you love us that much. I want to thank you for encouraging us in these last days. I want to thank you for reminding us that you know everything. Because sometimes I forget, Lord. And sometimes when my head is down and when I'm looking this way, I forget that you're in control. So I want to ask you for my brothers and my sisters here. Some of them I've never met. I want to ask you to remind them of these things. Encourage them in these things. Lord, I ask you to. As you take them through the training that you're taking them in, as you push them through the weightlifting of life, that you would strengthen their muscles. And I pray, Lord, for all of us that you'll help us to rest. Help us to find the rest that you promised, where we're not working more than we should, where we're not doing things That we shouldn't be doing. Help us to trust you, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk.